Welcome to Backlog Dialogues, the podcast where we dig you out of your backlog before it burrs you. I'm John, and joining me as always are the Shinzi and Bonsai to my Ed. Yes, I'm claiming Ed. He's the best hyena. I don't know. I can't imagine you laughing like that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm Matt. Oh, that was that was more that was more uh, horny Yoda, and I'm Jared. Yes, actually, I think that sounded a bit more like Scooby Doo. I mean, hmm. look, all Ed does is laugh. So. And, and rattle his head like a paint can. Anyway, today we are covering the last two Disney worlds and Kingdom Hearts 2 that are separate worlds on their own is the best way I have to put it. These worlds are Halloween Town and the Pride Lands. One old, one new. It's nice that we have this string of worlds in which the characters look different, though. I feel like we're missing one. Uh, no, I think I think we've done perfectly fine in the order of worlds we've gone to. Yes. Hmm, something seems off. No, no, nothing seems off. You are imagining things. I, for one, agree with John. I'm not used to that. <laughs> you say that like you're constantly having your opinion shunned. I think you're uh, exaggerating a bit. <laughs> Off to Halloween Town, and this yeah. time we get the Christmas subplot. Yay, it's Christmas! Is it Christmas right now? I have no idea when this episode's coming out. It's probably not Christmas when this episode's coming out. I think we agree that this could exist in a quantum flux where it's wherever we say it is. Yes, that's true. Because Christ, even once it comes out, people can listen to it whenever they want. This is true. Besides, if this comes out any time after, I don't know, early October, Christmas stuff is going to be in stores. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. This is true. Yeah, Christmas stuff is going to stay in stores for a long time anyway. It's almost <laughs> like it never ends anymore. Yeah. <laughs> So last time when we came to the nightmare before Christmas town here or, you know, Halloween town for what it's actually called, we mm. found Jack just kind of farting around doing a new thing. Last time it was Jack exploring the first principles of the Kingdom Hearts world by fucking around by trying to invent a heart on his own. Yep. However, he learns the scientific method by borrowing books from mad scientists. So true, he, true. He has, he's doing his best with the material he's got. Yeah. But this time. We're actually almost in the plot of Nightmare Before Christmas, except that apparently it's already happened. I think in this state, it seems that Jack has more or less made a kind of friends with Santa, though Santa is still kind of exasperated with him. Yeah. His interest in in Christmas. Yep. I I think we can explore it later, but I kind of see Jack as that guy who thinks he's your friend, but you kind of wish wouldn't be constantly hanging out at your house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> but it's a, it kind of even though last time we were we were joking that this world existed as kind of the is not just for kids. tone. this time we're completely into the silly nonsense, but it's good for it. This world is one of the smaller worlds in terms of design, I would say, like there's only five screens and they're all in a straight line, basically. It's bifurcated between we find a Halloween zone and a Christmas zone. So it kind of makes it feel even more limited because you you only have so much in each region right yeah it still looks really good they still like do a very good job rendering the claymation style it's it's thematic is what i'll say yeah sora and the boys are back in their halloween costumes yay it's the exact same halloween costumes as we had in uh, kingdom hearts one correct slight visual upgrade though Sora is vampire plus masks that's attached to his face, to the side of his face. Goofy's got the big bolt head and Donald saw out his midsection again. Yep. Yep. Nothing new. He's a mummy. He's a mummy. I believe the very first thing that we see in town is that it's all Christmassy for some reason. And zero. All Christmas being there's random like gift box and other vague assets scattered in like the corners. But yeah. So Sora recognizes zero and I do not recall zero doing anything in Kingdom Hearts one. Am I just going crazy here? I feel like I remember a bit where you had to find him at a grave to get to a section. But is that to be in this one? Nope. He was he apparently just kind of sits there as a ghostly background element that you can run through in one screen. So this is just another instance of Kingdom Hearts 2 saying, hey, remember me to a character we didn't interact with much or even do anything with, like with the summons. Makes you wonder, like, is there a bunch of scenes we didn't see where Sora came back and they just like had parties? Like in between going worlds, like let's go never let's go hang out with Jack for dinner first. Hypothetically, while we are playing, they are actually going through banter and stuff and getting to know each other without actually showing those scenes. I kind of feel like there's that effect going on. One of the cool things about Hades mm-hmm. is actually that they show that that process 
of Zagreus interacting with all of these characters and building up relationships yeah. with them that normally would kind of be in the background and you just assume that they got closer, kind of like they did with Kingdom Hearts. Unfortunately, that kind of thing also takes a lot of writing. Oh, a I lot. mean, <laughs> how many hundreds of thousands of voiced lines are there in Hades? It's a ton. I know it's like yeah. more than 100,000. Yeah, it's super impressive. And they use and I remember they, they've released videos about how they use all sorts of priority scripting to kind of like uh, decide what's going to happen with each scene. But I find myself thinking of a few other games that kind of had these side moments that really mm-hmm. give you a feel of just like camaraderie right. moments. Like I'm actually the first one that comes to mind is FF9 and it's Active Time. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. Because that's just showing here's shit that's going on while the plot's going on. It's often just silly things like characters interacting or having a moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Point is, I feel like Kingdom Hearts would benefit from that kind of thing, especially something like ATEs or something like that in the Disney worlds of Sora actually interacting with these Disney characters. It would be good because the entire theme is kind of friendship. And so mm-hmm. you want to develop the friendship not only between Sora, Donald and Goofy, but between Sora, Donald and Goofy and these side characters that they meet. So I yeah, think it's yeah. kind of a missed opportunity, but... You know, they they took a long time to figure out what they want to do with Kingdom Hearts. I will say the style of game of Kingdom Hearts really struggles for it. The best they could have done was another example comes up. I find myself thinking of Mementos runs in P5, Hmm. like in Persona Hmm. 5, where they're kind of silly little conversations. And but you have to be doing the grinding session. But it's just kind of fun to hear them shooting the shit. And I think this this game could have done that, like during like walking scenes of that. Maybe anyways, the ghost dog leads us to Jack. Yeah. And Jack is no, not Johnny Depp. Jack, <laughs> this one's way more life like being a skeleton and all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he comes down on a skeleton sleigh and he is basically just said, I'm helping out with Christmas again this year, whether Santa wants me to or not. Not in those words, but basically those words. Like he, he is working under the assumption that Santa wants his help. We'll see later that Santa does not want his help. Santa never wants Jack's help. Jack's like, no, no. He told me that last time that he, I should never think about helping you again, which means he just knows I always should. Yep, basically. <laughs> I I love Jack Skellington just because he is so positive about oh, yeah. himself and what he does. And it's just hard not to be infected by that. There's not a mean bone in his body. God damn it. Skull joke. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Sora, seeing the mixture of Halloween and Christmas into Halloweenness, thinks that sounds cool because he's a teenager. Yep. So he, he's all for it. It's like, but yeah. And Sora, he kind of goes along with what everyone suggests to him. He's just very positive and very supportive. At this point, he is head empty, only Halloween miss right yes, now. Yes, basically. Head, head empty, heart full, can't lose. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I've never even watched Friday Night Lights. Uh, but. <laughs> Of course, so, not everything is good in Halloween Town. For example, Dr. Finkelstein has hired Lockshock and Barrel. Why is he trusting these kids with anything? Because there's no one else in town but the mayor and he's busy. What does the mayor do? Shout through a megaphone. So he's clearly not busy. Now, the problem is you just can't trust these kids because even if they're not working for villains, they're malicious idiots. Yeah, they are actively stupid in a way that causes problems no matter what they do. I mean, that's the point of their whole song in the movie. They're just rambling to jar about evil plans in the most fallacious way possible. Yep. They're troublemakers. Uh, They're basically malicious pranksters. Yep. Halloween's best trick-or-treaters. They yep. have you on the trick. Yep. Let's not pay attention to those idiots for right now. Instead, let's pay attention to Sora because... Um, Sora, hearing about Santa, just sort of drifts off into space. We get like a, here's Santa, huh? And he starts thinking. Then we have about 15 seconds of the other characters talking about what's going on. And we pan back to Sora, who is staring up in space with his mouth wide open, with his kind of vampire face and fangs, just really putting relief that he's just staring gapingly and happy. He's like, Santa's real? And I get to meet him? I have in my notes, Sora is horny for Santa. Oh, no. Oh, I feel like this is the first world where we're going to start seeing Sora really be a teen in more ways than one. I think I remember when my early jokes was Sora EXE has stopped functioning. Please, please reboot. <laughs> and then Jack just sort of just asked the most casual way, like those friends of yours are out there. Remember those guys? They attack and kill people. Uh, the Heartless. Yeah, Heartless just come back and attack. I know Halloween Town is kind of where the creepy stuff happens. No one bats an eye. 
basically saying that Jack seems way too casual about this. Last time, he found the heart was this fascinating thing he tried to control and immediately backfired and got everyone attacked. Yep. But this time, he's just like, well, those guys are friends of yours, right? <laughs> we got a bunch of new Heartless in Halloween Town, as well as the return of the White Knights. I actually like the White Knights. Yeah, they're pretty fun. They're just the big spindly mummy things. Anyway, the other new Heartless are we have the Driller Moles, which I forget exactly what they look like. With it, they're like a little two-wheeled body with a army helmet like look with X's for eyes and a drill nose. Got it. They're kind of mechanical looking ones. Mm-hmm. There's also yeah, the toy soldiers, which I yeah. think are exactly what they say on the tin. I believe they're actually like there's a mixture of Jack in the Box ones. Most of these new ones are very much Christmas Town ones when we enter that region, so you get more of the toy themed nonsense. Yep. And finally there are the Emerald Blues, which I believe are the wind elemental magic bells. Yep, they like to cast Arrow at you. They are a pain in the butt because they will just create a tornado and knock you all over the place. But they fill up your drive gauge really fast. Why do I think it's surprising that that emerald blue, so green and blue, end up kind of teal colored and that's appropriate? And by the way, why do they get to use Arrow? We don't. They took it away from us. Those bastards. We beat up the Heartless and Jack, not Johnny Depp, decides we should be bodyguards for Santa. (laughs) And as questionable as that hiring choice is, it has nothing on what we're about to see in the next moment because the camera decides we need to follow the three idiot kids. Yep. Got to figure out what they're up to. And who do they run into? Some old hag. I don't know how she doesn't just set them on fire for that. (laughs) That's seriously what Barrel calls. He's like, who's that? Oh, this is the worst hiring decision right here. Yep. Maleficent decides, Okay, these kids seem like they'll be more useful than Pete. I think I'll try it out. (laughs) Big mistake. Big fucking mistake. She says you'll show them the true meaning of mischief. I'm actually going a little ahead here. We find out that Maleficent really wants to kill Santa for some reason. She probably got didn't get any presents. That's probably why she she's really bad at giving presents. What does she give? You know, death. Yeah. Also, isn't Santa Claus, perhaps in some original form of mythology, a kind of fairy? Arguably, in original form of mythology, he was Odin. Oh, that boy. Is true as well. And I know at least two, at least two versions of fantasy fiction that use concepts like that. Both Dresden Files and Discworld play on old gods doing new jobs, and both of them use a version of Odin as an old Santa or Santa-like creature. Fascinating. I love that. That's actually pretty say- interesting, yeah. I said, I, I always point towards Discworld as the one I think everyone should read, because when you go into full s- s- satire, um, high fantasy, he is, is it Terry Pratchett was the expert of that. Oh, Terry Pratchett is excellent. Yeah. But anyway, the Odin thing just makes me th- just laugh because now I'm thinking of All Father Christmas. Well, I do think that's where part of the name drift comes. I know it's not ubiquitous, but it is one of the sources that kind of created the, the, re- the Father Christmas the- age. See, I'm just thinking of Odin riding in on his sleigh, wielding a giant razor sharp uh, candy cane using Zandatsukin. <laughs> That's completely different Odin. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Though uh, now I'm thinking of the reindeer, the the sleigh of, with reindeer being pulled by crows instead. Or the reindeer being morphed together and having more legs. <laughs> it's It's just that Odin is associated with crows. Yep, I know. Let's go to Christmas. To get to the Christmas world, we have to just go straight to the forest with all the other holidays. Why can't we go to Easter, y'all? Because we really need to see that guy nailed up on the cross. Well, I was going to say, do we really need to participate in a fertility ritual? Well, so is a teenager. Yes. Oh, no. Your horny for Santa theory is starting to gain ground that it shouldn't. Yes. (laughs) It's really bad. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So we go to Christmas Town. This only happens, I believe, in Final Mix that their costumes change. Yep. Uh, Sora, Donald, and Goofy now have Halloween-y themed Christmas outfits. So Sora is a goth Santa with vampire fangs. Yep. Excellent. He's in a Santa suit, only it's black with white fluff. <laughs> yep. Uh, I believe Donald is a snowman. Do you want to build a Donald? And Goofy is kind of a reindeer satyr thing. Yeah. <laughs> don't know the source of it, but I just keep remembering I found you art of Goofy with, with like doe Bambi eyes there. They horrify both of you. Yeah, that, that fan art freaked me out. Never show that to me again. I don't know whose source it is. I would argue it's technically well built, but it was uh, not right. 
Yep. <laughs> to you, anonymous fan artist online, you did a good job scaring my friends. Thank you. Yep. Gorsh, we can't let anything bad happen to Christmas. Holy shit, that was a really good goofy voice. I was practicing, actually. Well done. It's a, and well, it's a different skill set than doing a Donald uh, uh, Bukalik speaking. It's goofy isn't an easy voice to do. So you practice Mickey's and Donald's. So I, I decided to practice Goofy a little bit. <laughs> I think we'll find use for that later, of course. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> yes. But now on to Santa's workshop where all Sora's dreams can come true. Yep. And so we can find out the most important thing so far in the story. Is Sora on the nice list? Going to Santa seven years ago, he was going around telling everyone to believe in Christmas. And he and Santa's like, oh, such a shame. Sora was a Santa skeptic, but now he believes in Santa because he's getting to meet Santa. Yep. Or at least a Santa, question mark. We'll get into it later, but I'm pretty sure this is the Santa for the Kingdom Hearts universe. <laughs> I must say, in Kingdom Hearts universe, we've already seen mythological beings are real. And now Santa is real, a figure of a holiday. So far, what, what it seems like is if there is a readily available Disney version of a mythological character of some kind, that Disney character is the version of that mythological character that we have. Do you know that there's a, an animated movie that was released by Disney called The Small One? No. What is that? It's about Jesus. Oh, oh no. It's the story of like it ends with like this small donkey is, is going to help a man take his pregnant wife to Bethlehem. Oh, no. So in the Kingdom Hearts universe, <laughs> do we want to open this can of worms? Yes. I was going to actually <laughs> ask if there was a Disney film that had a god character i had to, well well we, we have zeus aside yeah, putting hercules aside um let's see um well i meant you know like christian god but zeus uh, is close enough i had to think small one was was released by buena vista but it's still considered a disney movie to some degree so though it actually was one made by don blue he was with disney's uh with uh, studios okay was there a strange disney easter bunny God, I know it's not Disney, but you just made me imagine uh, Sora down and Goofy in the world of Watership Down. No, oh, no, no. That would be very depressing. I haven't seen it, but no. I mean, technically, that's OK. Well, Disney did do a version of the little match girl. Hmm. Oh, no. What is that? It's a quote unquote heartwarming Christmas tale uh, originally created by Hans Christian Andersen about a small girl freezing to death with visions of heaven during Christmas. Amazing. Right. Well, Fantasia 2000 had Noah's Ark. Shit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> With Donald oh. and Daisy peeing on the Ark. Oh, Maybe. no. The pomp and circumstance, weirdly enough. Fortunately, Donald and Goofy are confirmed good boys on the nice list, though. He just looks down at the list. He smiles and they all but give each other high fives. Yep. And yep. Santa is fucking pissed at Jack. He's literally saying, like, Jack's like, am I on your list? He's like, Jack Skellington, something blows up. What did you do? <laughs> yeah. In, I, that, in that order. Of yeah, yeah. Yeah, to be fair to Santa, the second he notices Jack, things start breaking around. I was going to say great. that Jack is on something worse than the naughty list. Like, basically, Jack is on, like, the per Santa's personal shit list. Yes. I think Jack has a restraining order on him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jack is not respecting the restraining order, damn it. And Santa, you know, he's got the patient of a saint, obviously. And yep. so he's not enforcing it, but he's going to give the guy a piece of his mind as soon as he finds out what's blowing up. OK, that pun had the slow reaction time of wasabi. Yes. <laughs> Look, Santa was really gracious about not enforcing that restraining order. He understood a little like kidnapping is OK between friends. <laughs> it wasn't in Jack's voice, but it was definitely in his character. Yes. <laughs> Then I have in my notes that a barrel swings a bear trap on a chain and tosses it through the window, breaking it. This world never disappoints. <laughs> I mean, well, what else would you use, especially when your animation can't quite show breaking glass? Yeah, like a lot of stuff is happening right now and it's all a bit of nonsense, but I love it. <laughs> yep. Maleficent comments that, oh, look, Jack brought the trio of idiots. That's a great surprise. I wasn't expecting that, which means she was here solely for Santa. Yep. Yeah, we got to chase those kids all the way back to the curling hill where Maleficent plus revenge. I have in my notes, Maleficent then makes her worst decision since hiring Lock, Shock, and Barrel. It's been a Wait. rough few days for her, probably because she had to be reconstituted. So, what was it again? I don't remember what that decision was. It's been a bit since I played the game. If you're playing, I don't know, but it's bringing back Oogie Boogie. Oh, right! This has always been a goofy character about as campy and hammy as they come, but this, this incarnation of him, where she summons him back from his bugs, he is weird. 
he's not quite all there, right? <laughs> just falls yeah. asleep in the middle of a conversation. <laughs> yeah, like Melissa's like, do you remember Sora, Donald, and Goofy? Do I remember them? You're too much. There's just a few too many brain worms in the mix of bugs in there. Oof. Well, I mean, I think his brain is nothing but worms. But yeah, and basically, Melissa says, do you know what Christmas how it is? She turns and he's asleep. He just fell asleep standing up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> too many or not enough brain worms. Either way. Hmm. Yep. And then I have in my note, a heartless eats some kids. Holy shit. <laughs> Which is funny because they're actually they're actually into it. It is a big cage thing that has put lock, shock and barrel inside it. It is the prison keeper. Oh, no, I have a Skeletor meme in my head. What? Not the other one. Joke's on you. I'm into that shit. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, basically, uh, what's this one called? Yeah. Uh, prison Keeper. Yep. Yeah. I don't remember much about him, except that apparently the three go inside and seem to be kind of controlling it. Yeah, kind of. It's weird. Not that tough of a fight. We get flashed up from winning, which is a gap closer. Neat. Don't you have to bash up the cage in order to beat it or something like that? Is my next a tank, by the way, having a gap closer? Uh, any melee DPS has a gap closer. So does Dancer. Everyone is going to have a gap closer, aside from the healers, pretty soon, too. Don't you have to ba- bash up the cage in order to beat this one or something? I forget. Yeah, pretty much. It, that's that's pretty much the weak point is beating the cage of the Heartless and the kids. Yep. Mm. Yeah, just got to beat the whole thing up. It's not that hard of a fight in my memory. Yeah, no. I don't remember having trouble with it. And then somehow after this fight, we find that Santa apparently came chasing after us, got so lost, he ended up in Halloween Town's forest. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Sally meets him. Why did Santa go there, though? The screen system is pretty easy to trigger, but really. I mean, I said it seems like he was there to tell off Jack to cut this crap, but he's yeah, maybe. busy and kind of distracted. But Sally shows up to help. Yep. And they still insist on calling him Sandy Claus. It's the first time I remember him specifically saying, stop using that asinine name. Does he say that? No. He says, yes, please call me Santa Claus. He says to Sally. Got it. So Maleficent decides to turn Santa into a heartless because, I don't know, uh, the, the notes say that she's full up on bad ideas, but I don't actually think that's a bad idea if she could pull it off. It's just probably yeah. a difficult idea with her current I mean, health. Now that, now that we understand that Santa is Odin, yeah, that sounds like a damn good idea. Let's have an Odin heartless. I mean, not to mention, if you're working with Christmas and evil guys, your heart might grow three sizes, and that probably makes an amazing heartless. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're right. Anyway, this causes Oogie to bum rush Santa. He just charges him full speed. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> And then, as if this scene hasn't gotten weird enough, we then see them embracing their their inner snidely whiplash, and they're just tying Santa to a conveyor belt. Yep. (laughs) They've turned Santa's workshop into a goofy cartoon torture device. It's a death trap. We should be in 60s Batman with a narrator cutting in. Do you expect expect me to talk, Mr. Boogie? No, I expect you to make toys. So, yeah, now we've got to fight Oogie's wacky workshop. Now things get weird. We already joke Oogie seems out of it. At this point, it literally seems like he's having some sort of mental leak. Maleficent's like saying, no, you need to do what I said. Who did, who helped you come back to life? He's like, I don't remember, which sounds like he's being a dick, but evidence indicates he might actually be telling the truth. Right. <laughs> I believe you remember the iconic scene in Nightmare where Sally like uses her ability to move her parts independently, like have like a leg appearing to try to coax him there. It, he doesn't realize till he pulls on that it comes free and that's disembodied. In this, she just kind of takes her leg off and throws it at him. Nice. <laughs> and then he looks down at Santa's like the, the person he has kidnapped house is like, who's this guy? Why is he here? Go away. He just likes legs. Right. But he completely forgets who his hostage is and why it just it just shoes him away. Yep. Solving that problem. He just got more incompetent by being killed the one time. Yep. It's almost inexplicable. You'd swear that Namine was somewhere just poking him in the head. <laughs> Maybe. Could, ha- could be. Can Namine affect Oogie Boogie's memories? I thought Namine could only affect Sora's memories. No, he can affect Sora's memories and anyone who has anything to do with him. And Oogie Boogie definitely has something to do with Sora. Maybe right. Namine was just like, I'm fixing everybody else's memories, but... This bag of bugs, who cares about him? She rewrote Repliku's head and then later blew it up. True. True. So I, I, so I got no explanation. 
yeah, we got to fight this fucking workshop, y'all. Yep. <laughs> it's I would say it's more annoying than hard. You got to like change conveyor belts based on where Oogie is to launch presence at him to get him to fall out of his controller contraption. And somehow they've turned the conveyor belt in the portals where if you if you let yourself go into the end of one, you come out another one. Mm-hmm. And I think I you have to. Because, yeah, I think you have to because they got invisible walls up. Yep, they have invisible walls up that prevent you from getting off the conveyors. It takes a bit longer than I feel like it should, but that's the way it always is if there's a weird thing to do to actually go up and hit the boss. Well, the problem is you can't get off Mr. Boogie's Wild Ride. God damn it. <laughs> I, I I feel like sooner or later you're going to get sick of my references, but I'm happy it's still working. Winning the fight is pretty straightforward. I have in my notes once you do. Uh, Oogie loses his bugs and Donald murders the last one. Christmas is safe again. I also have in my notes that Santa tells us the moral of the story is to stay in your lane and don't try new things. <laughs> what a terrible moral. Yep. You could be polite and say the moral is don't do stuff you're wildly unqualified for that will affect others. Stay in your lane and don't try new things. <laughs> I, mean, he, I mean, maybe if maybe if, if Jack ever set up a work study with Santa, Santa will teach you the ropes a bit, but he keeps just trying to show up. Yeah. He said, like, actually put in the effort of building the relationship and not just assuming that Santa likes him. They're both kings of holidays, so. I mean, Santa is a little more polite. He's saying, well, don't I love what I do. Don't you really love the thing you do? I mean, you're the one who does it better than anyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so Jack rips off his Santa outfit and is like, oh, that's right. I'm Jack Skellington, the pumpkin king. And then the and then, Santa outfit is the gate. What the yep. fuck? These gates make no sense. Yeah, the gate, like. At least with Kingdom Hearts 1, the keyholes in every world felt kind of like, okay, this is a thing in the world that we have to find. This is this random thing that we find in the world is whatever. It's a gate. And the Navi gummies at least felt like you were finding coordinates in vast yeah. space. This is yeah, just yeah. like you're, you're you're literally taking down weird walls. I yep. think the most egregious one is still the... Hollow Bastion Restoration Committee card. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, at least with a lot of these, it's kind of like, here's something that we focus on the world and maybe it's everyone's emotions together, though I question the cursed gem. But yeah, that one is, here's a card that we gave you because we want to trick you, kid. I don't know. Yeah. And so after that, we also learn that it was really Riku who was the Santa skeptic and Sora was just kind of trying to seem cool in front of Riku. So he repeated it and fell to peer pressure. That makes but, sense. But Santa says, don't worry, you believe in Riku, you'll find him. Now go yep. away. Go get out of here. Get out of here, kid. You're bothering me. <laughs> no, and completing the world, we get the final staple spell of Kingdom Hearts 2, Magnet. I'm not saying it. You're not saying it. Are you going to say it, Matt? How does it work? Miracles. No, <laughs> it gathers a bunch of enemies together and making them easy to thunder. It's another one that until I basically had to beg you for help, John, I didn't really get how it was useful. But it is really useful now that you know what it is for, right? Yeah, including that in, in my current birth by sleep play, I, I've kept a couple of magnets around because I find them so useful even as I'm just getting started. Yeah, I need to I need to get back to my playthrough of that shit. Same. I have many games to play. <laughs> Uh, well, that's so, the point of the show. Yeah. Now we're off to the next spot where maybe we're lions. Leon would be so mad he missed this. Yes. Very mad. Yeah, I was going to say, Leon never gets a chance to be his fursona. Nope. We already saw Griever, so. <laughs> Did we see Griever? I didn't mean in this game. Okay. So this world is particularly egregious for the use of let's try to show the story in the game engine. Yep. And because of that, we're going to go ahead and start with, well, no better term for it than the 90s kid version of Bambi's mom dying. Yep. It is a direct recreation of the shot of Simba watching Mufasa fall to his death in the gazelle stampede. Wildebeest, but. Wildebeest. In the Wildebeest stampede. And I gotta say, this makes the Pride Lands the most populated world in all of Kingdom Hearts, because there's just hundreds of wildebeest running around. But of course, it's actually a dream adult Simba is having, since Simba's already an adult in the Kingdom Hearts timeline. Which we know because he was our first summon in the last game. Oh, yeah. This matters. Yep. <laughs> With the assumed cause of Donald's magic that we've taken new forms in this world. Yep. Sora is a lion cub. Kind of a dark gray one. I'm not sure why that's his coloration. Yeah, it's kind of like a dark crimson almost. Yeah. I don't know if I describe it as red, but still a color I don't really think matches his color scheme. Goofy has been turned into a tortoise, which makes sense. Goofy the turtle. And... 
Donald has turned himself into some weird bird. I feel like he looks kind of like somewhere between like a crane, except not with long enough legs. And a pelican. He kind of looks pelicanish. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, Sword doesn't have access to all of his moves because he's a lion. He does have a new move set geared towards aforementioned lion status. I'd say in this world, you move very fast. Oh my yes. gosh, you move so fast. It is really fun to run around as a lion. The move that you move even faster halfway through. Yeah, it's so much fun to move around in this world. I just wish everything else was like as good and as moving around in the I'm world. just laughing here because every furry loved this world because of the lion cub transformation for Sora. I personally <laughs> thought it was amazing how lion Sora holds his keyblade in his mouth like a budget Zoro. Mm. Goofy has put his shield on his shell, which makes a lot of sense. And when you sped up, Goofy moves like Gamera, tucking into his yeah. shell and spinning <laughs> along behind you. Yeah, or, or perhaps like a kicked Mario shell, if, if yep. you prefer. The turtles in Mario are just a reference to Gamera anyway. So, <laughs> Gamera. So I really like this world's visuals and theme a lot. They did yeah. a good job with that. But unfortunately, it's one of those recap the movie worlds with minimal changes. And the rendition of The Lion King isn't particularly great, unfortunately. Yes, you are correct. <laughs> and another thing, the world looks very nice, but it's really empty. So you're running yes. at great fun speed, but it doesn't really have the same effect. You're just kind of going through wide space. Even in the platforming sections, there's just a lot of space. Like the platforming sections aren't that big either. There's not a lot going on. There's like this huge central grassland area. I think it's literally just called like uh, the Savannah. Yep. And unfortunately, it's just about as empty as they come, but you get to go full speed across. And there's some fun to that. Personally, I think the best part of this area is the road to the jungle. That's where Mm. the design of this part shines the most. Yes, yes. Mm. There's a lot of really interesting actual terrain in that rather than just being a big, flat, open plain like the Pride Lands Savannah. Mm hmm. We teleport down, and for some reason, we decided to land in the elephant graveyard where we're naturally surrounded by hyenas. Yep, bunch of spawn camping hyenas. Dang it. <laughs> but something hyenas would do. Yep, they well, more or less mock us, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're just like, we'd love you to stick around for lunch. Just the old joke here. Yep. When we get back out in the graveyard proper, we find Nala being attacked by Heartless because this is one, King of Hearts. One funny thing we didn't mention, though, sorry, just to go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Is that this is finally a. A world in which Donald's, you know, disguise transformations are actually really effective and convincing. Yes. Yes. I even had that in my notes. Yep. I do want to mention, I feel like we skipped here, why we get away from the hyenas scene without fighting. They hear a roar and it's literally Scar Page and the hyenas and they just salt off. <laughs> like yep. He's got the worst timing. Yep. Like, no, we can't. We can't ignore him. We can't put him on hold. Let's go. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. Gotta help Nala, who's being attacked by Heartless. There's a few new ones in the Pride Lands. Got the Living Bone, which I forget what that one is exactly. Oh, God, the Living Bone are really crazy. They got kind of a dinosaur look to them. Like, it's got two big legs, a springy tail. And some of them have, like, a guy riding but they have this huge, like, hinged jaw in front. Like, I, again, I just go back to, like, a right, right. dinosaur jaw. Uh, then we have the Aerial Knockers, which are birds with boxing gloves. And a frightening name. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, they're the shamans, which, yeah, shamans, which are exactly what they say on the tin. Yeah. Sometimes shamans ride the living bones. Yep. Yep. And make a sort of heartless Mecha Shiva thing. I've not seen Venture Brothers. I just know that joke. <laughs> I know I tried. You said the pace didn't agree with you. It's more that I didn't enjoy any of the jokes or humor. Gotcha. I was a huge fan of Johnny Quest. When I was a kid, so like mm. I got into it right away. As far as pacing goes, the series that I didn't resonate with me was Archer. Archer, well, it kind of goes in and out of points, but, but yeah, but and it, in Venture Bros, it's kind of fun to watch them lose, then get the Johnny Quest uh, um, rights, and then Clue decide we need to stop damaging him, so they stop using him and change the characters a second time. <laughs> yep. Mm. Anyway. So anyway, yeah. so we, we save we save Nala and Sora immediately asks her a bunch of questions that she has no idea what we're talking about because she is a lion. She, like one of the questions we ask is, have you seen any bad guys in black hoods? And I feel like she has no context for, you know, clothing. Yeah. Yep. She doesn't. <laughs> what is a hood? What is a guy? What is a big bully named Pete? I don't think there are any characters who actually wear any clothing, not even the more human-like ones like Rafiki or Timon. 
Right. Oh, no, he's got his butt hanging out there and everything. Yep. Yep. I now have cursed you to think about Rafiki's butts. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, All right. he shows it off. <laughs> I mean, he is a, an, a, I think he's a baboon, isn't he? Yes. Yes. And you're not. <laughs> so then after Nala gives us the quizzical look, she instead asks us for the favor of some casual regicide. Yep, I have my notes. Sora, hey guys, want to do a coup? Sora and the gang plan a coup. Yep. Oof. <laughs> Oof. I have to say, Sora, he's now that he's had his Santa lust, he's now gone full into bloodlust for power. Yep, yep. I no longer want to be baby, I want power. Yep. He Not baby asshole. Yep. He has his own I just can't wait to be king moment, even though he's definitely not going to be king. He's been in such a weird mood in the last few worlds. Yeah, he goes to this full fantasy where he's around himself. Well, of course, I'd have to refuse. I'd like to see them. Wouldn't you love to have a, a paw? It'd be amazing. They'll think I'm so strong. They'll ask me to be king. Yep. <laughs> yep. Frankly, he's so, going a little Jack Sparrow rambling story. Yep. We head out of the elephant graveyard to the savannah, which is but huge but empty. Yeah, this huge empty circle you just get to run your butt off in. We go right into Pride Rock. Remind me about this. Isn't is this one of those games where you get to do freaking lion drifting? Yes. You get yes. to do lion drifting. <laughs> you get to do lion drifting in the savannah and there's plenty of space for it. So that's cool at least. And what, what I just said is give off red red clouds. Yeah, I was just laughing about that because like I I seem to remember that and I was trying to remember if I was mixing up Monster Hunter Rise with Kingdom Hearts 2 or it if has lion drifting. Uh, it has dog drifting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so okay. basically, once we get the Pride Rock, now it comes back to Mia's again, and she comes out with Rafiki. And this is great because he never says a word. Yep. There's a few lions looking on there. He's, he whispers to Nala, looks, looks up and down the characters, and he just walks off. So much for that coup, buddy. <laughs> Nala says, he says, no way. Not going to yep. happen, buddy. Yep. And so, yeah, then we get to meet. Pete's lion. <laughs> you just got to soak this in. I mean, Pete it apparently decided amazing. to meet with Scar, who has no problem with this. Well, let's just start from the top. Pete's massive jawline and big square teeth are preserved. Yes. He's a pot. He's a big pot bellied lion. He's pot bellied, sway backed. It's he, he is dark gray with with like a with a off white uh, underbelly. He's got this big beard mane for some reason. Like it looks like it's literally a beard. And he's got big meaty paws compared to all the other lions too. He looks so out of place. Big lo- meaty paws. Yes. Yeah, he, and he's pretty fucking bad at being a lion too. Yes. <laughs> uh, doesn't he like stumble around and stuff? Oh like yeah. That? Yeah. Like I would describe him as ambling. Yes, he is um, not very good at this right now, but he is basically just hanging out with Scar. I think he actually like flops out of space when he comes out is what you're remembering. And basically, Scar barely say anything and sticks the hyenas on you guys and tells the lionesses all to leave. And they do. Yep. When you say Pete's lion, all I can think of is Pete's dragon, though, which is different. Is that Maleficent? Nah. <laughs> Are you saying Pete owns her? Pete Maleficent shipping? I don't know. <laughs> that's terrible. Yeah, that's a weird ship. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's loyal to her. He hangs around. Yeah. By all her threats, she, she never kicks yeah. him out. Yeah, so, that, there's got to be something going on there, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think Scar's just amused to have this moron near him. Because it's, it's distracting for the day. Yeah, it makes, yep. it, it makes him look like a good leader in comparison. <laughs> which he needs all of because he's a shit leader, as we know from the movie. Yeah. Well, Scar is relatively strong for his size, but like he has no knowledge of almost anything. He's lazy as fuck and really oh, yeah. can't win a fight on his own. Right. So at this point, we get the most ridiculous metagame story progression that I've ever seen, which is Nala taking us back out to the savannah and saying that Simba died. And Sora goes, nah, I summoned him and made friends with him a year ago. He's fine. Sora completely remembers, oh, hey, Simba, that's right. Got to get back our friend that we summoned before. And Nala's like, what? Nala has no idea what to think about this. <laughs> but just have some random dialogue of, of Timon, Pumbaa and Simba just kind of shooting the shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the summon in Kingdom Hearts 1 was Cub Simba, if I remember correctly, right? No, no it, it was, was adult. It was adult Simba. It was oh, adult okay. Simba. Gotcha. 
his world was apparently destroyed right in the middle of his life sucking, and he had to go right back to it once we saved everything. Yep. Which is kind of brutal. Yep. So now we get to go on that uh, cool path to the jungle that I mentioned, which mm-hmm. is, I think, probably the best part of this world, actually. Yeah, it's it's a nice little path. There's lots of interesting fights. Um, on the first stage, we get to go through the canyon where Nala... Uh, basically goads Sora into jumping a crevasse by calling him a chicken. And this causes Sora to learn dash. Yep, which is how you really started doing the lion drifting. And yep. by the way, it's it's actually, you you kind of, maybe you don't remember, you kind of downplay the whole chicken thing, because like, I was like, what's wrong? Sora's like, we're never going to make it. I guess Rafiki was right. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, never mind, it's not important. <laughs> and like, yep. wow. Yep. I don't even think she was yep. literally throwing shade. She literally, she literally just seemed to be going, "Yep, that's the old monkey was right that he's worthless." <laughs> yep. While we go through all this, the plot of the second half of the Lion King plays out in the background. Rafiki finding Simba residue and doing the "King has returned" thing. In the meantime, a couple of lazy assholes tell Simba he needs to stay a lazy asshole because they when they want to have an easy time when he gets to their their spinoff movie. Sora finds Simba. It's weird because. <laughs> So, Simba remembers Sora from the summon days, even though he looked completely he looked yeah, completely different. But yep, like uh, Simba does not question why Sora, Donald and Goofy are animals rather than a kid and two animals. Instead, he tackles <laughs> the lion cub half his size and apparently much younger to him and just starts nuzzling against his stomach like he's, oh, like he's an affectionate pussycat. That is how cats show affection in that way to a smaller one. And since Nala's here, we get to speed run th- through all the greatest hits of the Lion King plot points, yeah, including let's go triple the- speed. Can we feel this all up tonight? <laughs> yeah. And I also have in my notes Timon and Pumbaa teach SDG the philosophy of nihilistic slacktitude. Because it's literally it's just them. It's literally just them walking, doing a little dance walk with no background music, just chanting Hakuna Matata as a call. Yeah, they, they get completely inducted into the cult of Hakuna Matata. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way. I know both you guys don't know Lion King one and a half. You know who they actually blame for Timon getting that whole philosophy? Who? Rafiki. What? <laughs> I need to know about this. You you really should see it. It's it's a funny movie. It's like Rafiki meets this random meerkat suck, sulking about how his life is just miserable digging a hole. It's like, oh, you see Kakuna Matata. And of course, Timon only hears half of it and wanders off. And then Timon's mom yells at Rafiki. He's like, my son doesn't get metaphors. Huh. That's amazing. That's incredible. One knows it's literally Rosencrantz and Gildestern are dead, but it's it's really quite fun for it. Although it takes the timeline of Lion King and kind of breaks over its back. Because apparently I just can't wait to be king literally is the next day after Circle of Life. Hmm. Okay. You realize that makes no sense, right? No, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's like, but listen, talking about the speed run, everything's just rushing. Like, they meet Boomba, it's like, who's the pigs? They call me Mr. Pig. It's like all these lines rushing. <laughs> and of course, we're unable to cheer up Simba because Simba has missed James Earl Jones' daddy. <laughs> That's who Mufasa was? Yeah, James Earl Jones. I didn't know that. Yeah, Simba has a very brief conversation with Ghost Cloud Dad. That is sufficient enough for this story. It's so brief that I feel like they're literally just using archive footage of Jones's lines because he's not yeah. saying anything he didn't say in a movie. Yep. Yeah. And I have in my notes, Simba says, none of you saw me tripping. Well, he runs off on his own and we get a Keyblade. Yep. Circle of Life Keyblade. Where did it come from? I guess Ghost Mufasa threw it at our heads. Uh, As good an excuse as anything. Look, uh, ghosts lobbing Keyblades at people is no basis for a system of government. Boo. Boo. Sorry. (laughs) Then for the last bit of, well, no, we still got a bit more. Uh, speed running through the story to go through, make it back to the savannah. Timon just makes everyone feel bad about living there. It's like, well, man, this place, this place is terrible. There are jokes yep. I'm choosing not to make. It's like, why are we going to do anything about this? I'm going home. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm, I'm always surprised he doesn't do that. Well, mm-hmm. Scar has apparently ruined the savannah. So yeah, by, by causing a drought. Let's get into this a little because it is one of the things I don't like about fantasy tropes, where in the whole idea is the Pride lands go to shit because the wrongful king is in power, not because of any like actual thing, but because like there's some sort of magic destiny thing about having the right king in power. So when when I saw this, I always kind of assumed that it was because Scar was essentially, you know, being a bad administrator and, you know, essentially letting the hyenas and the lions 
like basically run amok with hunting too much. I understand. That was causing the ecosystem to get out of whack. And that caused all of this. And I but, agree. That's what happened. But they explicitly say that drought has driven the herds away. Oh, yes. gotcha. So that's it. Overhunting all that one made sense, but they have to go even further. They have to turn into a dried out wasteland for some yeah, reason. That, mm. Which is what makes it seem like a divine ordination of Scar's not the rightful king. Yeah. W- Especially because once Simba overthrows Scar and becomes king, everything goes back to the lush greenery that we had before. Well, you know, yeah. it's a, literally a thunderstorm starts because that's the only way you get a fiery ending is because like the lightning comes first. Yep. Maybe yeah. you, maybe you don't, and like everything's overcast there. Maybe you argue that the smoke precipitates rain, but there still was a thunderstorm. Yeah, yep. the divine right of kings stuff always kind of sucks. Well, it, mm-hmm. it actually goes as far back as I think it goes back, far back as Arthurian legend with the Fisher King. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That the king who only fishes while his lands rot. Mm-hmm. And that just kind of became the idea of as the ki- as the king, so goes the uh, the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you kind of also have the whole thing, uh, uh, the narrative of Nero fiddling while Rome burns. We have our final thing of the... We get the speedrun version of Scar accusing Simba. It literally is like everything just happens so fast. Like Scar makes everyone feel bad. Then he mocks Simba. Simba immediately tells him, tell the truth. And Scar agree, does it agreeably without any provocation. Neat. Moral high ground. So well, I feel like Sora's always looking for that. Yep. Yep. And so, well, I don't even think we have a fight scene for a moment. Like we don't fight anything. Just we have the whole bit where Simba tosses Scar off, off the top of Pride Rock. Mm-hmm. And here's where things get weird. Yep. Pete decides he's going to turn Scar into a heartless and he actually achieves it. He does the one thing he was always going to do, try and turn someone into a heartless. And Scar climbs back up looking exactly the same, except for a weird purple aura. I'm just going to call him Scartless. Okay, that sounds Uh, unfortunate. I have a problem with this. Go for it. Now, this is a point in the first game. It's in the I think it's in the secret answer report to this one as well, is that. To, for a heartless to take any form similar to the human it was would be a, a singularly impossible event for someone of amazing will. There's two instances of people who appear to be possessed by heartless, like Clayton and maybe Sean Yu, but they explicitly say, no, Scar is now a heartless. Like, he died his comeback, and he's come back completely in his original form with at least some of his intelligence left. That puts Scar on the level of Ansem Seeker of Darkness. Oh, shit. <laughs> Scar is a sulky King Claudius from Hamlet, where none of us are pretending otherwise. But apparently he is just so full of evil and ambition that he retains a form that, that other beings never are able to do again, except for the person most able to do so in the entire multiverse. So what you're saying is that Scar is Disney's greatest monster. Yes. Like and, it. This, and this is a and this is a multiverse that has characters like Judge Frollo in it. Yep. <laughs> yep. By the way, does he turn into a heartless? Is there is there a uh, world with him? Uh, I do not remember, but he is in uh, Dream Drop Distance. He is in oh, Dream Drop no. Distance. Yes, we get to fight Scartless. We win. The Great Mufasa in the sky is pleased. The Great Mufasa in the sky is a gate to another world. What? What? Eh. You can't do that, Kingdom Hearts Two. I'm just imagining <laughs> what must Simba think that the vision is fodder to your sky, and we blast it with a laser beam. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> no. So now fire upgrades to Fira. Yep. And so now it's a slightly better burst of fire around you, I guess. I think there's more bits of fire. Yeah. I still only use it in one fight, really. Mm hmm. And yeah, that's it. Lion King's done. We got through act two and a half to three of Lion King, about 10 minutes of story and about 15 minutes of random fighting. Yep. That's all for this week. Next time, it's time to do shit in places we've been for, and then enter the Matrix. I'd say we we are predating the Matrix. But what about, you know, the place where we have to swim a particular way? No, 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 no. We are going in a computer next week. That is what we are doing. We are not going to anywhere that has anything to do with water. But I'm pretty sure Sora doesn't know how to computer. You're right. We will find that out. Next time. <laughs> Next time. Get you there eventually, John. You, you know there's no hope. <laughs> I, 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 for as long as it takes, I'm going to put off the inevitable end. As long as I draw breath in this body. Yes. As long as I draw breath. I will keep you safe from what is to come. <laughs> anyway, until next time, I'm John. I'm Jared. And I'm Matt. 
And remember, a good story is best enjoyed with friends. Thank you for listening to Backlog Dialogues. If you're enjoying our deep dives and discussions, be sure to leave a five-star review on the podcatcher of your choice. If you're really enjoying our deep dives and discussions, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash backlogdialogues. If you'd like to hear more episodes, you can find our archives at backlogdialogues.com. Special thanks to Eli for our theme song. Kingdom Hearts and all associated trademarks are the property of Disney and Square Enix. Please support the official release. I don't know what it is about about doing this stuff, you guys. I just have more spontaneous, stupid puns in my head than I ever do in life. That's a good thing. That is a lie. You know that is a lie. (laughs) (laughs) They they, They come more readily. That is fair. No, I'm not going to make a joke about white knighting. No, you are not going to make a joke about white knighting. It is a pun. (laughs) It is a pun, Jared. I know you understand how puns work because you make them all the time. (laughs) Much, much to your horror and anger. Yes. Okay, so I just have to stop here because I was looking up an image for the next bit here and I have to get this off my chest immediately. Go for it. I'm sending you a link here. Apparently the Reddit page says, I asked my wife, what if Lion Pete was a Final Fantasy boss? And she drew this, he's what he says. Oh, oh, no. That's Lion Pete Griever Junction with Alta Maleficent. Yes, it is. That, that is, is very terrible. much what that is. That's incredible. I love it. it it's, it's wonderful in an awful way. Obviously, I was pulling at Pete's Lion Forms we're about to talk about. It.